you know, always stand amazed at how much talent God has blessed this church with, uh, musically and otherwise. And I tell you, if you're not using your talent for God, you need to be. And I always stand amazed at that. Now, there's an old story about a preacher leaving a church, and uh, in his in the farewell dinner, he tried to encourage. Uh, one of the pillar members, and he went to her and said, you know, don't be sad. You know, maybe the next pastor that comes along, he said, you know, he may be better than I am. And, uh, of course, she replied, well, that's what they said the last time, and it just keeps getting worse. So well, that was really a good thing to hear, was it? Not very encouraging, was it? So, you know, life can be very challenging at times, can't it? I mean, every time it seems like we turn the corner, there's another challenge in life. And sometimes their, their, their challenges are good, sometimes they're not so good. Uh, but it just seems like life always uh, just seems to get more and more challenging to me, it seems. And we need, we need to have a lot of help along the way. At least I do, it seems like sometimes. We need to have some help along the way. And I'm thankful that I have had that in my life. But it seems like we face so many challenges at every turn. And it is important for us to have people in our lives that, uh, that will get behind us and tell us that we can do it. Uh, you know, it's important to have those people that encourage us, and encouragement is kind of what I want to talk about tonight. Uh, well, what do people need when they're struggling? What do they need when they're struggling? Uh, they need encouragement. What do people uh, need when they need to be ch challenged to do something that may seem a little bit out of their normal range, out of their comfort zone? They need to be challenged, don't they? We need to challenge one another. And those who have children, uh, you know, when we... When you think about our children, I've, my children, your grandchildren, you know, when they were first taking their first steps, what'd you say to them? Well, you crazy thing, you're four months old, you ought to be walking by now. Well, we don't say that to them, do we? No, we don't do that. Well, what does a person who's struggling with their faith need from other people? They need someone to tell them that, uh, you know, you're worthless, you're going to hell because you messed up? No, that's what they don't need to hear that. Or do we just ignore them and hope they go away? We don't do that, do we? People need to be encouraged. In fact, William Arthur Ward said, Flatter me, and I may not believe you. Criticize me, and I may not like you. Ignore me, and I may not forgive you. Encourage me, and I will not forget you. It's important in it to be encouraged. And it's important, mostly, I think, for Christians to encourage one another. And I think sometimes we forget especially when we get new converts in church. You know, we, we, it seems like we get them saved and we feel like sometimes our job's over. But that's not the case. We need, those of all people, new converts of all people, need to be encouraged along with their, with their walk in Christ. And so tonight I really want to look at the uh, concept of encouragement. And I hope this message will inspire us uh, to encourage one another as we try to grow in Christ. Well, what is encouragement? When we say we are encouraging another person, what does that really mean? Well, are, are we encouraging someone when we yell at them or tell them, uh, you know, they're not, my dad says, you're not going to mount to a hill of beans. I've heard him say something like to some other people, they're not going to mount to a hill of beans or amount to nothing. Does that encourage them? No, no. Uh, is it being, is being critical of every little thing encouragement? No. You know, I remember coaching Little League Baseball when I was, Church League Baseball when I was in my early 20s, I guess. Someone crazy enough talked me into doing it. And I think parents sometimes were the worst ones we dealt with. It wasn't the kids. We leave the kids alone. They were great. But it seems like parents are the ones you always have the issues with. But, you know, I remember going to uh, some of the batting cages 
And, I, and sometimes you'd kind of laugh because you kind of see parents live vicariously through their kids. You've seen that. I'm sure you have. But also you saw sometimes some very discouraging and troubling stuff because a lot of times parents are very harsh and very gruff with their kids, aren't they? Uh, and, and, and it kind of saddened me too because I, I think back, it doesn't seem like long ago, it seems like time just flies anymore. I don't know about y'all. But I remember sometimes with my girls, I was probably just a little bit too hard on them. You know, I think sometimes I look back and I think, well, I wish I'd have done things a little differently. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not, and let me say this too, you know, it's, it's, sometimes you have to be. I mean, sometimes you have to do that with your children. I'm not going to say that's never the case. But I used to think I was helping them by writing them sometimes and really making it hard on them. And like I said, don't get me wrong, there is a time and place for that. Uh, but hopefully that's not the only means of encouragement that we give them sometimes when we're hard and rough on them. And when you're around other Christians who are struggling, uh, you know, we need to be careful that we're, not, uh, that we're not only pointing out what they're doing wrong, okay? I mean, you think about a new convert, a new Christian. They don't know how to do church. They don't know how to be a Christian. So we need to come along beside them. We need to encourage them. And, you know, and if they do make a mistake, hopefully, uh, you know, we show them a little bit of grace. But we sure were, weren't we? God showed us grace. So we need to be able to show them that grace. And like I said, when they're doing wrong, make sure that we're encouraging them. And what's something they want to know is that we're staying in the game with them. You know, when you get along beside someone, and really that's what it means to encourage you to come along beside, because really that's what we're doing. And so if we're going to encourage them, we need to kind of get in the game with them or get in the trenches with them. So we need to remember that we need to do that. Well, not again, what does the word encourage mean? It means literally to come along beside and if we're going to encourage others, like I said, we need to come along beside them and help them. Now, I know in business, and a lot of people, there's a lot of different concepts of doing management. But, you know, if you try to push someone or pull someone, it's not going to work very well, is it? And to really bring someone along with you, that means you get along beside them and you bring them with you. And that's what the Christian walk is. We don't push them into Christianity. We don't pull them into Christianity. That's a decision they make on their own. And hopefully we can encourage them and bring them along beside or get beside them and bring them along with us. And the word can also mean that we can come along beside of them and to urge admonishment or caution. Because sometimes we do need to do that, don't we? You know, we did that with our kids. We cautioned them. We admonished them when something, if they feel like something's going to hurt them or harm them, we admonish them. In the same way in the Christian walk, sometimes it's a case that we have to do that. And the root word encourage comes from the same word Jesus uses when speaking of the Holy Spirit in John 14, 16, and verse 26. Turn with me there real quick. It's not a big scripture, not a long one, but it says in verse 16, it said, If I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. And then back down in verse 26, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So when we do that, when that's what we do when we encourage. That's what we're hoping to do. Even when we admonish someone, we're still encouraging them. And that's what the Holy Spirit does to us as well. And it's an important part of encouraging another person, I think, is, is the willingness to step in again and walk beside them. They have to have confidence in us. People will take better to being admonished. If we have to admonish someone, or even our kids when we did that, but particularly new Christians or Christians that we walk with, you know, if we see them doing wrong, we need to caution them, don't we? We need to caution. Now, I want someone to caution me. If I'm doing something that is, is not right, I want someone to caution me. I've got some great men in this church that have really been my mentors. 
And, and you know, I, I depend on them. And I know that if I were to do something wrong, I would hope that they love me enough that they would admonish me, they would, they would correct me or caution me that I'm doing something contrary to what I need to be doing. And hopefully I would do the same for them. And I hope you've got someone in your life that you can be accountable to that would do that for you because it's very important. So it's, And people will take better to being admonished if they know you're willing to get in the trenches with them, won't they? If, if you know you're in there with them and you're coming along beside them, then you know most likely they're going to take that a little better than someone that's not. If you're just going to be critical about them all the time, you're going to criticize them, they're not going to be happy with it. But if you're in the trenches with them and you're in there with them and you're in the fight with them, then, of course, they'll take that somewhat better. And we've been studying our Sunday school lesson in Acts. We've been studying the first, well, actually, we, in the first part of Acts, of course, you know, was the Peter. But then also we start studying about Paul, or Saul, or Paul, conversion Paul. And we've been talking about Barnabas when they took off on their first missionary journey. Well, they had Barnabas, Paul, and John Mark. So uh, these three men set off, and Barnabas was known as the son of encouragement. Now, let me ask you something. Wouldn't it be nice to be known as the son of encouragement? Wouldn't that be good? i tell you. You know, Barnabas in, four, in Acts 4.36 was a person who I think really must have been a very inspiring person. Be called the son of encouragement must have been very inspiring. And I think probably I would imagine he was a good balance for the hard-charging Paul. You know, Paul was, he was a go-getter. I mean, everything he did was with the passion. You know, he was as passionate about his Christian life as he was when he was uh, persecuting the Christians. So, uh, so I think he was a good balance to Paul. Well, how do we encourage others? When you, when you say, right, Brother Ray, I know you want us to go. How do we encourage? Well, if we're going to encourage people, how are we going to do it and be most effective at it? Well, I want, I want our efforts. You know, when we do something, we want our efforts to count for something. We want to, encourage, we want to, we want to amount to something, don't we? You don't want it just to be wasted. And there's a couple of things. I think we get in the game with them like we talked about a while ago. In Acts 13, we see John Mark, as we talked about on this first missionary journey. But he turns back at Pamphylia. And these missionary journeys, of course, were trips that Paul and Barnabas would go on to plant new churches. Now, in Acts 15, it, it, it's, it's time for the second missionary journey, and Barnabas wants to take John Mark with him, and Paul says he's not going to have anything to do with it. Why? Because John, left John, uh, John Mark left him on the first missionary journey and went back to Jerusalem. Well, he's, if you left up to Paul, he's not going because, you know, John Mark had his chance, and he failed. That's, that's just how Paul felt about it. Look at me in Acts chapter 15, verse 36. <clears throat> All right. Acts chapter verse, after 15, verse 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas went to take John, or wanted to take John, also called Mark with him. But Paul did not be wise to take him. Because he had, dis dis he, had he had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Now, that's a pretty strong disagreement, isn't it? I mean, when they just part ways, that, that doesn't mean that they didn't continue the work. They couldn't get along. But Paul was so upset that John Mark had left them that he didn't want to, He just felt like he'd had his chance and failed. He didn't want him to go. But Barnabas still had faith that he would do it. So how do we do that? How do we show encouragement to others? Well, we get in the trenches with them. We get in the game with them. And that's what Barnabas did with John Mark. And we also, secondly, we display a positive attitude. You can't encourage someone and be a complainer. You just can't encourage someone to complain or, or gripe all the time. You know, if we're going to encourage others, we must maintain positive attitude, shouldn't we? 
Have you ever been around a constant complainer that just they're happy being miserable? I'm sure you have. I've been around a few. You know, you, you can encourage someone while you, you can. Now, listen, you can encourage someone while pushing them a little bit, too. You can encourage them by pushing them past what they think they can do. Uh, you know, they have to see, though, that if you're going to encourage them and push them past what their comfort zone is, they have to know that you have a positive attitude with them. You know, when I was talking about those kids pitching, when they started pitching, you know, I used to get frustrated with their wildness. You know, they'd just throw that ball and they'd throw it everywhere and anywhere, and I'd get so frustrated and I'd kind of vent a little bit. And you know what I figured out? We weren't getting anywhere doing that. And you know what I kind of figured out? That they didn't like throwing that wild pitch anymore, and I liked chasing them. So, you know, they're kids. You know, they're just learning. Well, the Christian is that way in their walk, too. When we take new Christians in, they're learning. They're learning how to be a Christian. So we don't need to be so frustrated with them. We need to bring them along with us. We need to encourage them. Uh, you know, we need to look literally for the best in people, don't we? We need to look for the best in people. And when they do that, you know, we look for the best, but we extend grace in the worst. Again, God did that for us. You know, we must encourage or inspire faith in others, too, shouldn't we? We need to do that. Uh, my junior high coach, Coach Harrison, um, he was probably one of the, I guess, most influential people in my, early in my life as a junior high ball player. And, you know, I think he had a lot to do with when I went on to play college because I remember him. You know, he would encourage me. He'd tell me I could do things. You know, before long, I believed I could do it, you know, because he encouraged me to do those things. You know, I went on and got a college scholarship, so he had a big influence on me, and he encouraged me. And uh, so, you know, those people, kind of people in your life, do make a difference. Uh, you know, so sooner or later, if you encourage people past their comfort zone, not too long belongs later on, you know, they're going to start believing they can do it, aren't they? So we need to be able to do that and be sure that people will achieve great heights if they know people believe in them. They will achieve great heights if they know people believe in them. Well, how do we encourage others? We know what the encouragement means, but how do we do it? I think we should make it a priority to be a Barnabas. You know, we need to be an encourager. Or, or an, you know, and I think there's several reasons when you think about it. There are several reasons. In fact, I'm going to give you five that I think are probably you ought to write down, and I think they're worth writing down. Number one is to keep the faint-hearted from quitting. You know, sometimes we get so weary we just want to quit. But, you know, you get in along beside them, you get in the trenches with them, you encourage them. Uh, you know, Acts 11, 22 and 23 says this, The news about them reached the ears of the church. Now, we're talking about Barnabas again. The news of them, about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. Now, notice Barnabas, the son of encouragement, was encouraged them with resolute or a firm heart to stay in the game and stay true to the Lord. And that's important. We need to do that as well. Thessalonians 5.14 says, We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. Now, that's not an easy task, is it? And I tell you, it seems like I, my patience gets shorter and shorter. It seems like anymore. never was gifted with a lot of patience. But you know what? It takes patience. It takes patience to encourage and to bring along sometimes people with you. Because, again, sometimes they don't know what a Christian life is. We do. We've lived it for a while. But you know what? Young Christians don't. We need to be encouraging. We need to be patient with them. Uh, we don't want to see people go back to the old way of life, do we? We don't want to see them return. And I guarantee you there's a lot that do because we're not patient with them or because we don't, you know, we, we see a lot of people sometimes they'll join the church. 
new converts. And if we don't get them connected to a small group or, or some kind of a, a group to come along beside them, a lot of times they disappear. They just don't come back because we fail sometimes to be that encourager for them. And secondly, we, we, just to be an encourager, how do we encourage? Is to draw out potential in others. And we've got many examples, I think, in Scripture that tells us how we can draw out the potential in others. Joshua was one in Deuteronomy 37 and 39. You know, Joshua had been beside Moses' side for a long time. So Moses is telling the people that it will be Joshua who will lead them into the promised land, which Moses was banned because uh, of his temper. So he was banned from entering because of that incident. And Moses asked the people in Deuteronomy 138 to encourage Joshua, to encourage Joshua. John Mark, another example. Remember John Mark, who we talked about, that quit and left for Jerusalem. Or as we more commonly know him as Mark. Okay, we know him as John Mark, but Mark, the writer of the second gospel. You know, remember how Paul wanted nothing to do with him? Didn't want him to take him on that second journey? Second Timothy eleven fourteen says, only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me in service. Now, now think about what could have happened if not for Barnabas. I mean, Paul wanted nothing to do. Paul was through. He had failed Paul as far as Paul considered, but Barnabas found value and worth in him and said, you know what, I'm going to take him with me on that second. He unlocked the potential within Mark, didn't he? How many people have we encouraged to go out into Christian service from church? I mean, how many have we encouraged to do that? And we need to do the same. You know, we need to start getting our young people. Lance, we need to start getting our young people excited about the service for the Lord. We're not seeing a lot. I tell you, we're seeing a lot of churches right now that are without pastors. And that's a shame. Some of our pastors are coming out of retirement to fill the pulpit. We need to get our young people excited about service. You know, we've got a young man right now, Devin Dundee, that's going to seminary. I'm so proud of him. He's going to be a great pastor. Look at Luke, uh, not Luke, but, my, but uh, uh, I got my notes here. Mason, my mind just went blank. You ever done that? Kind of lose everything. It's out there floating. I'll get it in a minute. But Mason, look at Mason. I mean, this man called, called the, the, you know, answered the call to preach at an early uh, young age. I'm so proud of him. He, he's going to do great in the service of God, and I'm proud of him. You know, but I want more to commit to that. We need those young men uh, to do that. Uh, Joreen and Anthony's son answered the call to preach. Young men, but you know we need more and more of them to fill the pulpits of our church. Well, thirdly, we need to help people see God through the tough times. And I tell you, it seems like there's enough tough times right now to go around for everybody, isn't there? We're having some tough times, seems like, everywhere. So, But when it comes to tough times and the tough times of life hit us, you know, we need to be encouraged that God is still in the mix. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to fail us. So God is still there. Now, People will fail you, yes, but God never will. We need to know that God has a plan. And even with this turmoil that we're seeing worldwide, it's still in God's plan. We, we, you know, it may not make us happy. Charlie and I were talking today. There's so much going on. But you know what? Some things have to happen for Christ to return, don't they? And it may not, you know, we may not like what's happening, but certain events have to, to come about before Christ returns. Now, you know, it doesn't keep us from praying. doesn't keep us from wanting things to get better. So we need to be doing those things. So we need to know that God has a plan and that it's so difficult to see when we are in the midst of struggle sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes we're in the middle of it and we just don't see it. But there's been a verse that's been on my heart for a long time and we'll actually use it Sunday morning and it's Romans 8, 28. And when we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God 
and are called according to his purpose. You know, so everything, we have a plan. God has a plan, and everything's going to work out the way God has planned it out, regardless. Well, fourthly, we need to strengthen others. Uh, Philippians 1, 4, you know, we, and, I, and I think we should always be trying to help make others have a stronger faith. You know, I, I draw strength. When I come to church on Sundays, Wednesday nights, or if I'm in fellowship with some of these men that I'll go on a camping trip or, or go out to eat with somebody, you know, I draw strength from these guys because these guys are good Christian men, and I draw strength from other Christians. And hopefully you are too, and I hope you've got a group that you can do that with. Uh, but we should always be looking to, to help make others have a stronger faith. We need to make sure that we are investing ourselves in other people in order to help them. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm big on accountability. I, I, if you haven't got an accountability partner, you need to get one. Because I'm going to tell you, there's some things in this world going on that you need an accountability partner. Whether you women find a, another woman, men find another man. And you know what? We need to be investing in some of these young people's lives. Guys, j just pick out a teen and do something with them every once in a while. Some of these guys, these teens don't have anybody to do anything with. You know, so it's kind of sad. So pick somebody out and become that accountability partner with them and, and, and develop a relationship. Uh, you know, I'm in ministry to strengthen others. I know every pastor, and I know you're really in the service of Christ to strengthen others. Um, so that's why we're here. And, and Paul, when he was even in prison, prison was even trying to encourage others, wasn't he? That's what he was doing. Look at Philippians 1.14. He said, that because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained a confidence in boldly speaking God's message without fear. And he was in prison. That's pretty amazing. So there's a great verse in, in, in 27, Proverbs 27, 17. It's iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I'm going to tell you again, I've got some great men in this church, and I'm going to tell you what, I find strength, and they sharpen me, and I'm hoping I'm doing the same to them because, again, uh, just, just watching these godly men is an encouragement to me, and to see these men in great service, it, it, it's just amazing to me, and I think, again, I find strength. But fifthly, we need to also, why are we to encourage to strengthen the church community? We're here, to, we need to encourage for our church. We need to have strength. I've been amazed at the first service, the last, I guess this summer, it's just grown in leaps and bounds. Second service, still doing well. But Lance's first service is just about to pass second, second service, and that's great. Because, you know what, we all be doing something right. You know, I, someone told me years ago, I told Charlie, I said, I never have understood this statement. But someone left the church because we're just getting too big. And I thought, my goodness, you know, if we're doing what God wants us to do, we ought to be growing. That's just kind of the natural order of things, isn't it? And it's also a sign of a healthy church. I don't want to be in some sickly church that's not doing anything. I want a healthy church. So I know that for us, that's an example. For, for, for Kavanaugh Church, we're there. I think we're doing great, so it's good. So we need to strengthen church community. You know, we gather together on the first day of the week uh, in part uh, in hard part to help build one another. Number one, we're here to worship God, but also to help build one another up. You know, we need each other, aren't we? We need each other, and a chain is only as strong as the weakest link. We've heard that before, and that's the truth. You know, if, 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 if we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, then we're that weak link, so make sure you're doing what you need to be doing. We need to do all we can to strengthen the church family, not just the church family, but our Christian community as well. I, I love the fact that, you know, I, I don't hear any distinction. When Will speaks of the church down the street, harvest time, you know, they're on the same side we are. They, we may not agree with them 100% in some theology things they do, but my goodness, they preach God, they preach Christ as a Savior, and you know what? We're on the same team. We're not 
we're not against each other. Hopefully, we're trying to get same, everybody to the same place we're trying to go to. So, it, that, you know, I, it encourages me by that, the community being stronger. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says that we must also consider how to encourage each other to show love and to do good things. We should not gather together with other believers as some of you are doing, or not stop gathering together as some believers, as some of you are doing. Instead, we must continue to encourage each other even more as we see the day of the Lord coming. And, man, we're there. Aren't we? The day of the Lord's coming. So we need to be doing more and more of that. Uh, why do you think we need to encourage one another? Why do you think we need to? Well, we need to be a strong church that has an impact, not just in our community, but in the world, don't we? You know, we're sending missionaries. We're supporting missionaries in Acts 1-8. So, we, you know, we're having an impact worldwide. That's why we do it. Um, Gene Nitek, and I may be even mispronounced, a 214-pound homemaker desperate to lose weight, went to the New York City Health Department where she was given a diet devised by Dr. Norman Joliffe. Two months later, discouraged about the 50-pound plus still to go, she invited six overweight friends home to share the diet and talk about how to stay on it. Today, over 30 years later, one million members and 250,000 Weight Watcher meetings in 24 countries meet every week. Isn't that amazing? Why was she able to help people take control of their lives? To answer that, she tells the story, said when she was a teenager, she used to cross a park where she saw mothers gossiping while the toddlers sat on their swings. Her words, not mine. And with one and no one to push them. She said, I'd give them a push. And you know what? Happens when you when you push a kid on the fling soon he's pretty soon he's pumping, doing it himself. And she said, That's what my role in life is. I'm there to give others a push. You know, we're here to give others a push, aren't we? That's what we're called to do in Christian life. A little encouragement does go a long way, doesn't it? Goes a long way. A little encouragement goes a long way. And if you're not an encourager, and if you or, I, you know, I knew it wouldn't work, or, uh, you know, I told you so kind of person. Uh, it's time that you get on the encouragement bandwagon. You really need to. And I know sometimes we can be somewhat negative. We, we're living in a very negative world. And sometimes I know that when I come to church, I need that encouragement from you guys. And hopefully you're getting it from us as well. Because I'm going to tell you, the world, we go out in that world five, six days a week, it beats you up, doesn't it? It beats you up. Well, I come back to church to be encouraged, to be lifted up. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're not doing that for others, you need to start investing your life in others. We are called to be a blessing to others. So let me ask you, whose life are you blessing and encouraging? Lord, I love you tonight. I thank you so much for who you are to us. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your grace. Most of all, Lord, I thank you for Jesus and the gift of salvation. Lord, I pray that tonight, through your word, that we have found encouragement. That, Lord, we can encourage those around us. I know sometimes, Lord, again, we say the world beats us up, and that we come here to be encouraged. But, God, I pray that we're encouraging others. That's the call that you've called us to do, to witness to others, to be encouragement. And, God, there's no greater encouragement than sharing the good news of the gospel with someone else. So I pray that you'll help us to do that as a church. And, God, I pray that you'll help us do it as individuals. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Appreciate your attention tonight. I'll, uh, I've got one announcement to make for you real quick, then we'll gather at the altars like we always do on Wednesday nights. Uh, 
celebrate recovery. And Wayne Dean wanted me to announce this for you that we'll have a short information meeting tonight right here after the service in the room behind, back here in the sound room. Uh, no, I take that back. It says behind the sound room in the sanctuary upstairs. So I guess that's behind the sound room back here. I'm thinking choir room. Sound room back here in this room up upstairs. And for anyone that's interested in celebrate recovering, starting this Monday night at 630 in the student center. Y'all be in prayer for that. Uh, it, it's a great, great ministry. It's one we've needed probably for a very long time. A church of our size, we know we got a lot of person, people with a lot of hurts, a lot of hang-ups. Uh, just, you know, and it's not just so much that. Sometimes, again, we just need encouragement, and that'll do that as well. So y'all be in prayer for that as well. If y'all will come to the altars, we'll, uh, uh, there's several that need our prayers. Again, be for our pastor, Brother Will, as he's, uh, I know he's going to need to heal up pretty quick, and like I said, I know that pain's going to be pretty severe for the next couple of days, so be in prayer for him. Also, um, several have had surgery, some are scheduled to have surgery, and if you know someone that uh, has had those things done or needs to, and, and you know them personally, be praying for them as well. Pray for your church. Pray that you'll become an encourager and you'll help build the church daily. We need to be adding to it daily, just like they did in the church of the, the early church. We need to keep to continually doing that. And as we pray, I'll give you a few minutes to pray, and I'll ask Brother, uh, Brother Charlie if he'll close out for us. Amen. Y'all have a good week and see you Sunday morning.